What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are on the Wrestling Inc. channels across the world. That's right. We're talking YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, whatever you fancy. Our faces are here. Uh, whether you want to see all three of them, I don't know. There's also an audio-only version you can catch after <laughs> the fact. But as long as you're getting it, you're getting it. I'm Justin Labar alongside my pal, former referee of over 20-plus years in the world of sports entertainment at WWE, Mr. Jimmy Corderas, coming to us from north of the border and joining us from the Big Apple. She is the sweet, the sassy Issa. You can follow her at NYC Demon Diva. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, how are we doing tonight? Good. How are you adjusting, Labar? Mm-hmm. I'm good. I was, I, you know, I was all. I've been off for the last week. I'm looking forward to this one. The first, I think, the first combination of this of this trio. So this ought to be an adventure. So yeah, yeah. should be a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to it because there's lots to talk about. Yeah, I yeah. hear they're gonna get. I hear they're gonna give us a a, a belt. Just the three of us a belt because yeah, yeah, yeah we should. <laughs> Why not? They're just, just making them up as they go along. Jimmy, what's your belt size? My belt size. Uh, I'm now a 32, actually, right now. So if anybody's listening, mm-hmm. skinny mini. Look at you in ref cardio shape. I, I know <laughs> what happened. What happened? And especially during the, this time where you think I'd be laid back and eating. And you know, I like I said, I outkicked my coverage when it came to getting married. And my wife is an absolute fantastic cook. And how I am not uh, on the treadmill even right now as we speak because I'm past the point uh is uh speaks volumes but uh, uh i try to stay we get we try to get our ten thousand steps in a day let's put it that way see i opened you up for a tony chimmel slam for you to slam chimmel and not be his size oh, and you didn't even get it oh i missed it now isa <laughs> oh. how are you on this wednesday night i'm good i'm good I'm, I'm in puerto rico currently though so you got that wrong i'm not in the big apple right now i'm in paradise oh, i build you oh. incorrectly from Puerto so Rico. good, so good. You never know where I'm coming from. Parts unknown. Parts unknown. There you go. Well, there's a thunderstorm going here on here in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, it's probably snowing in Toronto. That's what it does in Toronto. Well, what's the weather doing down in Puerto Rico? Well, we're in a crazy heat wave right now. It's like a hundred degrees every day. Wow. Mm. Oh, some some kind of nice. Can't that, complain. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was gonna say I, I miss summers mm. in the island, so it's nice. Puerto Rican beaches. I like it. Hell yeah! Like it. Cheers yeah. to that. All right. Well, we got the live uh, chat going on. We appreciate everybody in the live chat. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you want to make sure that you get your voice heard, <clears throat> hit that little money uh, symbol and get your uh, super chat in there, and we will be sure to uh, work it into the show. Uh, CJ Hennessy just did the same thing, and we will save it. CJ Hennessy's uh, comment will come in uh, come into play once we get to the topics he is touching on. So, <clears throat> again, thanks to the live chat. Thanks to everybody uh, being part of it. Of course, big thanks to Manscaped. We'll talk about a little bit of them uh, in a little bit. Uh, let's get into some news stories first. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, WrestlingInc.com. The place where you can go for all of your news 24-7 around the clock. This first one, it's a very 2022 story is all I can really uh, set it up for. Uh, Sean X-Pac Waltman, uh, a little upset with a tweet that his former tag team partner, the mayor, Kane, had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane, of course, uh, a mayor in Knox, Tennessee, so uh, very outspoken of his uh, beliefs in, in regard to thing. This one, uh, talking about... Uh, basically saying the gun violence not as bad as numbers would dictate. I'll, I'll let you kind of go into the, and, and you can read your full read the full tweet for yourself. Uh, and basically, uh, X Pac just kind of uh, he kind of goes breaks my heart reading this shit from you. WTF man? Question mm. mark. 
Uh, Jimmy, you know both of these guys. I'm not asking yeah. you to take a stand politically here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this is the day and age we're in. 2022, Things are all topics are very divisive, but uh, more so 2022, uh, our favorite sports entertainers all pretty much uh, having mm-hmm. a voice on social media. And this is where we tend to drift away from the squared circle. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that, that that when it breaks down to politics, it kind of divides people instead of brings us closer together. It's 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 OK to disagree on, on certain topics when you talk about like whatever it is, the, the budget and whatever other, but when it talks, when you're talking something as, as divisive as gun of violence, which is not good in any sort of, I, I get what Glenn Jacobs, AKA Kane was trying to say, but at the same time, no gun violence is good regardless of, of, of the numbers or, 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 ratio or competitively speaking. And I'm not trying to take a stance here and say, you know, this person's right or that person's right or X-Pac is right. But obviously these are two guys who are good friends that are very divisive on this subject. And I just hope it doesn't lead to them being uh, putting a wedge between them. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, again, I don't want to get too political here. I just feel bad for the people who are victims of this kind of violence or any kind of violence for that matter. It doesn't matter whether it's a gun or whatever they use. But at the same time, I just hate seeing friends get uh, wedges, you know, put in there between them over stuff that is that they disagree with. Or yeah, maybe right. even I mean, expressed in, in a way that maybe could have been expressed better. Sure. I mean, Issa, we don't want to have the next Raw reunion show where both of these guys are prime candidates to be available because they're uh, two of the greats from from yesteryear. Uh, but it makes you think, like, oh, is this going to start making the handshakes of catering a little awkward that we have unspoken, unfinished tweets, unfinished business on Twitter? Yeah, um, we obviously don't want to see that. But at the same time, it's it, we, we do live in a time where people are given these platforms and, and you're expected to use these platforms in, in, in a way in which you make a positive impact. And to Jimmy's point, maybe it could have been worked differently. It just seems a little unsensitive with everything that's going on right now and how that reads to people that are, you know, still suffering and grieving, losing, you know, loved ones to, to gun violence. So it's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, and obviously we don't want it to put a wedge between friendships, but I have seen a lot of friendships fall apart due to, to difference in opinion, especially in this sort of topic. So we'll see where it goes, but I do think it could have been worded slightly different. Yeah. You know, I try to make a, uh, I try to make a rule, and there's been a few times where I might have got a little passionate or might have had a few too many sips of something, and I hit the delete or hit the, hit the you know, hit the put in the drafts folder. I try to make it so you cannot actually know what my political side is. I'm not going to, you know, like, because there's just no good is going to come from it. Other than feel, other than just wanting to, use, you know, other than wanting to use however many followers you have to, like, just voice your opinion, which everybody has the right to do, obviously. But, like, I just try to avoid it at least because I figure if most people that are following me or maybe watching these podcasts or whatever, all I'm going to do is piss off half of them no matter what. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. And 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 I, I'm kind of the same way, Justin. I, I, I avoid uh, political discussions on my social media platforms because all it does is whether I believe I'm right or whether some, you know, however I express something, someone's going to disagree with me and it could cause... Yeah. you know some bad arguments well because truth be told if somebody takes if somebody if somebody makes one assumption off of one tweet of what you're what you must stand for across the board politically when in fact mm-hmm. i think like most people we all probably have a little bit of a mixed bag of just depends mm-hmm. on the issue and probably meet somewhere in the middle so don't want to be labeled 
uh, extreme uh, yeah. any which way. The, the way, the way, if I, sorry to cut you off, is yeah. the way I word it is to me, it doesn't matter what color your lawn sign is in an election. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it's, I listen to the person, I hear what they have to say. And it's funny because there's, there's stuff that everybody says that I go, Oh, that kind of makes sense to me. But then uh, the, something that everybody says that it goes, what? Are you, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't jive with me, but that's with everyone, not just one, but. And, and you know what, the, you know, obviously in Kane is one who, or, you know, uh, Mayor Kane, Mayor Glenn, he's one that he, he's kind of expected to tweet his opinions mm -hmm. to further just establish where he is in the political spectrum. So I like, I understand he has to, and this ladies and gentlemen, this is what I continue to circle back for. This is why Dwayne, the rock Johnson is smart enough. He will never run for president because he's, mm -hmm. he, he is too beloved by too many people of too many age demographics he's beloved by men he's beloved by women he's beloved by whites he's beloved by by black like everybody loves Dwayne the rock johnson yeah. and there's no reason to screw that up by trying to run for president and having to declare yourself on one party line to another agreed oh, why is it has it has there ever been someone who hasn't been officially aligned with a party that has won the presidency of the united states what yeah, was it? Has there ever been an independent? I think. I think. Funny enough, I think the highest ranking uh, uh, leadership position that wasn't a Republican or Democrat. I mean, I think Jesse Ventura was an independent when he was mayor yeah. of, or no, he was governor, excuse me, of Minnesota. Right. So yes. former wrestler. I think yeah. he's the highest. You know, some 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 American mm -hmm. civics expert. Please tell me I'm wrong, but that's to the best of my knowledge is that's the highest right. uh, highest ranking independent I've ever got. Wow. Gotcha. Anywho, uh, <laughs> another piece of news that you're here, uh, you're going to get and can check out on wrestlingink.com. Uh, we have WWE uh, NXT 2.0 yesterday's episode coming off of the mm -hmm. In Your House from over the weekend. And some good mm -hmm. news uh, it got uh, an average viewership of 675,000, mm -hmm. which is the highest the program has seen since May 3rd. That's a 23% increase in total viewership from the week before. Full disclosure, I didn't see In Your House and I did not watch. Uh, NXT yesterday, so I will toss to either one of you. What is it that I miss? What is it that was worthy of a twenty-three percent increase jump? Do you know? Do you want to go? Uh, yeah. What? There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah, Cruz. last night. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Cruz and Tony D'Angelo. Clearly, that's <clears throat> the two reasons why people are tuning in. I mean, Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma are now part of Tony D'Angelo's family, so mm -hmm. I will tune in just for that. But, I mean, I'm very happy for NXT, you guys, and I cover it here for Wrestling Inc. Um, I didn't think it was must-watch television, but I really, really was very hyped up to see Apollo back in NXT. And I did think they put some quality, you know, they put some quality matches in, in the show. So, good for mm -hmm. them. Hopefully, they keep it up. The thing with this mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays show is, is that they do a good number, and then it automatically drops the week after. So, I just want to mm -hmm. see some consistency. Yeah, I thought I thought the in your house was uh, was was a good show. There was, uh, the in ring product was very good. We have a couple of new champions uh, uh, that came out of it, and Braun Breaker, um, I think, cemented himself in his position as the top guy in NXT right now. And as far as Tuesday night goes, um, you're you're right, uh, Isa. Uh, seeing Apollo Cruz come back was a big deal. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that co coming. But which which would have drawn an audience, but uh, I think people want to tune in to see what was next for Braun Breaker, and now we know what's kind of next for Braun Breaker. And again, we had some good in-ring product mixed with some good talking segments. It was an entertaining show. We're getting a nice mix. At first, I I didn't know how I felt about the the revamped version of NXT 2.0, but I know now that 
it is the launching board for them to the main roster, so to speak, as opposed to being a completely separate product like it was before when the black and gold brand, which which I enjoyed too. I enjoyed the black and gold brand, but I get why they're doing it this way. And uh, I think it's starting to catch on with the audience a little bit. And Jimmy, I did, uh, did, I, did I hear correctly that Apollo Crews, did he tuck his Nigerian accent away? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah there was, uh, I didn't detect it at all. <laughs> it's because it's a baby face. So the accent only comes back when he's a heel, you know. Ah, you know there you go. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I, see when see when I get hot, that Greek accent comes out, you know, a little bit. You know, and I, anyway. I don't know. I gotta, when I well, start speaking Spanish, you're in trouble. <laughs> so maybe they maybe that's the secret to to Apollo Cruz here. Maybe when you hear say, him speaking that Nigerian accent, run away. So <laughs> yeah. Isa gets all mad, and half every other word is a different is Spanish. And <laughs> yeah, I start I start throwing a malaka out there here and there, and, and then it's all it's downhill. <laughs> Uh, Blue Chew wasn't Lincoln a pro wrestler? I believe he was actually. True story. All right, so enough of that one. Uh, let's talk about AEW Dynamite tonight. Coming to you from Kansas City, a great, uh, great pro wrestling uh, town. Um, uh, for a lot of positive, of course, one really big negative that was just spoken about uh, in a lot uh, in recent memories. Uh, and this dynamite is a very interesting dynamite because we are right now, we're on the road for AEW. We're on the road to this forbidden door. So this joint show between them and New Japan, which is going to be uh, heavily influenced in tonight's uh, storylines. Uh, but you're down CM Punk, you're, you're newly crowned world, cha world champion. Uh, you're down Brian Danielson at the moment. You're at least, no, Adam Cole was not physically involved tonight. Uh, he's injured. I mean, so this is a very interesting situation for Tony Khan and AEW. So just keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, as we go through this entire show. As we as we break down what was and the biggest thing is how we start, uh, guys and girls, and it's this casino battle royal. The idea being the winner of this battle royal will then come back later tonight in the main event and take on John Moxley. The winner of that match will be part of the Forbidden Door main event that is going to be challenging for the interim AEW World Title. Mm -hmm. So they did not strip CM Punk of his title. They're just going to go ahead and do mm -hmm. the old let's let's create a second interim title. Um, and, 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 and so, and that, and the winner, that's going to go up against the winner of, of what new, of what new Japan's doing, uh, to, to bring their number one contender, so to speak. So a lot of moving parts, you need a bracket, you need a, you need an advocate, you need some, some, some things to keep score of all this. Uh, so we'll try our best to keep it going. So, all right. So here goes the, uh, battle Royal participants. Of course they go in groups. First uh, group, we got Darby, Lance Archer, Tony Nese, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston followed up by the second group, Ricky Starks. Jake Hager, Ray Phoenix, Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee. Third group, John Silver, uh, Takeshna, uh, Max Caster, the Ass Boys. Fourth group, Will Hobbs, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Dante Martin, Wheeler Yuta, and then finally, who is the uh, who's the Joker? It is Andrade mm -hmm. El Idolo. Mm -hmm. Final. So we're going to see. You know, we're going to see every man for himself. Swerve Strickland's going to you know eliminate Keith Lee. Lots of little things going on subtext but finally we come down to our final four kyle o'reilly andrade el idolo wheeler yuda ray phoenix phoenix out of the final four he's eliminated first followed by andrade el idolo uh and then uh wheeler yuda is eliminated by the winner kyle o'reilly let's talk o'reilly first and then we'll work backwards mm -hmm. kyle o'reilly as the winner of this battle royal to go up against john moxley later in the night isa first sentence that comes to mind when i say that john moxley's winning tonight <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. Uh, 
I did. I just, I, the first sentence that came out of my mind, if he wins the match tonight, the main event against John Moxley, I will be completely shocked. Yeah. Shocked, chagrined and stupefied. <laughs> stupefied. Yes. Stupefied. I mean, that goes yeah. along with my second sentence, which was if Kyle O'Reilly wins, I'm done with AEW. So, I mean, we're, we're pretty. <laughs> don't, get, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Kyle O'Reilly is very good and very talented, but he's not at that level yet. And we'll talk about the match when we get to it because it was a good match. But uh, did, did, was there anybody out there watching this show that actually believed that there was a possibility that Kyle O'Reilly could win that match? Right. And that's. You know, it's kind of, that's the that's the thing there is it's like uh, you know we'll get to the main event and, and just spoiler alert, Kyle O'Reilly makes sure he earns his minutes tonight. He tells you why he's going to take every bit of this fifteen minutes or whatever it was that gave him belt a bell. So just put that out there to all you Kyle O'Reilly fan clubbers. But yeah, when you're trying to tell me that this is what has to now hold me to stick around for the main event, I mean, you you have this giant roster mm-hmm. that you could put up accommodations, and I really felt like this was like this whole thing kind of was in a bubble, kind of is the double-edged sword that is the AEW bloated roster. You have plenty of guys that are happy when they see that run sheet tonight that they're going to get some TV time, that they're going to be out there for a couple segments and a battle royal. Plenty of guys to fill those spots needed. But yet, pretty much all of them, I mean, you know, Darby was probably the highest ranking, highest profile, highest crowd response uh, overall. But by and large, this is the middle of the pack of your roster, which then just full further emphasized, where's the Jerichos? Where's the, you know, where, like, where are the bigger names who I could actually believe are going to give a run or yes. beat John Moxley tonight? Hang, Hangman or even even Wardlow, yes, later Which on. They, again, yeah. Spoiler alert, but uh, it's still, you know, it, it just felt like uh, – there, there were guys in it, I will admit, that you could have given a little bit of a rub to. Like, uh, you, you got a guy like Keith Lee who seems to be spinning his wheels a little bit there in AEW right now. Maybe he could have got a little bit of a rub from this. At least if he'd have won the Battle Royal, you could have said, hey, maybe there is a chance. Yeah. But, uh, there was no again. chance. There was no chance with, mm-hmm. with the participants in this match. Mm-hmm. It was There was... At no point did I think Mox is not winning this. And he went on to say Moxley gets the automatic buy because he's number one ranked, which don't get me started because the rankings were even more confusing because they changed the way that they were ranking people just to make Moxley the number one. But then if you're going to talk about the rankings, then why aren't the top ranked people in this match? Hangman Page was in a different match later on when he is the next one right under Max. He just had the world title. He made perfect sense to be in this match. Mm-hmm. You had Jay Leto is number five in the rankings right now. You have your other champion, which I believe he might be injured, but Scorpio Sky. Why not send Ethan Page representing Scorpio Sky? There mm-hmm. is so many other people. And we talk about how bloated this roster is with talent. When I'm looking at everybody and I'm looking at Andrade, this poor man ended his honeymoon early and he didn't even win. Come on. Mm. Like, come on. Like I, I, when it came down to the final four, I'm thinking I, I can only root for Andrade here because I didn't, mm. I, I just didn't think, and no offense. I think that Kyle Riley is very talented in the ring, but mm-hmm. at no point throughout the two hours that I think, and I was doing a live stream and my chat, you can go back and read it. Everybody was like, just end the match already because mm. everybody knew who was winning. Mm-hmm. So I wish we would have gotten a, an opponent that would would have made you suspend your disbelief and stay invested until mm-hmm. the main event. 
the one thing, spoiler alert, that I think, and we'll get into it, that I think they did right was how they protected Warlow with what he said later on, because Warlow mm -hmm. should have been here based on the rankings. So I yeah. did like what he had to say later on. But this Battle Royal, it was a joke. It was a joke. You might as well just say Max is number one contender and leave it at that and give us a regular dynamite. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. And I think, you know, some of the names you mentioned, these are names that I would also think about, you know, Miro, Ethan Page, Malachi mm -hmm. Black. And then we're again, I don't, I don't want to get too ahead, but we'll get to it in a second. And then we find out, oh, they're already being spoken for because, hey, we have another tournament that we're launching tonight that they're all involved in. <laughs> and to which when I see that and I guess we'll just kind of slide into that now. So they announced next that there's going to be this new all Atlantic championship match and they're emphasizing the uh, worldwide audience that they're growing to over 130 countries and then they start emphasizing the roster and we see this tournament bracket come up and every participant has their nationality flag next to them and, and so the, and, and malachi black's in it uh, ethan page is in it mirrors in it and, I, and as i see this and i remember thinking to myself well at this point if, if you have this big show coming up that you've, that you've sold out for united center good on you forbidden door and if your world champion just got injured and then you have danielson and cole who timetable questionable when they're going to be back. I hear some rumor that maybe Danielson is back in time. Who knows? But it's like if you're already down some major players in front of this major first-ever joint show you're doing like this after the panel, you know, on the side of the pandemic, call a freaking audible. Does this All-Atlantic title, all, or excuse me, All-Atlantic championship have to come out now? Or can you – I don't know. That, that was my first thought was, why are we doing this now? Mm -hmm. and, and why are you bringing out the All-Atlantic championship? You've got several titles there right now that don't get enough TV time as it is. How are you going to – uh, as I say constantly, they tend to try to squeeze 10 pounds of potatoes into a five pound bag every week. Yes. And now with the titles there, it's now 10 pounds of potatoes into a 20 pound bag. No, the other way around. It was a 20 pounds of potatoes into a 10 pound bag. It's just, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it, it wasn't necessary to create another championship uh, because there isn't enough time right now. Now, are there negotiations going on behind the scenes that maybe they will get another syndicated show or another uh, cable show or whatever the case may be. But until that happens, save it. Yeah. It is so confusing because you have your ring of honor titles being shown on TV. These guys are coming out with these titles that we don't know what they are. Then you have, you know, the F the FTW, whatever Ricky Starks is carrying around. Does, then yeah. you have this, this, this Adam Cole is walking around with this tournament title, which was supposed to be a trophy. So it's, it doesn't even count. Like, we give WWE this energy. You have to throw it out here, too. There's too many titles. I can't keep track of what's what. Will Yuta came out, and I was like, I completely forgot what belt he was holding for a good minute. I was like, wait, which one is this one? Because there is too many titles. So, no. Is he so the pure, your question, is he, Justin. Yeah, he wears a purity belt. He's a, so, right, basically, he can have an inappropriate thoughts because he's a purity belt. Get it? Anyway. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so I don't think that this title is necessary right now and you could have created a bigger match especially with your people that might be out of you know out of forbidden door i i i would have loved to see miro you know be a part of something mm -hmm. bigger and we'll see where this title goes after whoever wins it hopefully miro but i just i i wouldn't like to see them in a i i don't know i don't understand what the concept of forbidden door is if i'm being honest with you anymore i don't know what forbidden door is uh, well, Sheet Black, shout out Dollar Ninety Nine on the uh, super chat. He said it's all confusing. Uh, Brandon mm -hmm. says, "Hey, Justin. Hey, Issa. What's up, Brandon? Hey, what about uh, me? <laughs> what about me? Know. What about Jimmy? <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Uh, well, well, here you go, Jimmy. Uh, John Jordan, four ninety nine. The Battle Royal was a bit of a poop show. How hard are they to officiate, Jimmy? 
Well, it depends. I mean, like, that's why you assign four referees, usually one per side, and you try to keep track of what's going on, and and you try to be there when the discussions are going on as to what's happening and when. Uh, you just got to keep an eye on things, and you hope that you don't uh, run into a situation like we did in the 2005 Royal Rumble, where uh, <laughs> the ending kind of got a little confusing because sometimes sometimes things don't go according to plan. Of course. Very good. If, uh, if you haven't seen that, if you, if for you younger fans, go find Ooh. that one of what Jimmy's mentioned. Oh, <laughs> boy. There, there is so much there. We, we don't have enough time for me to go into it all. Jimmy could do a whole podcast just on that finish. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and j- j- let me just end it this way and just say, watching Vince leave on his own steam with two torn quads, the man is a, the man is a beast. <laughs> what can I tell you? He's a, he's a right. robot. So yeah. yeah, so uh he's not human, just like Cody Rhodes, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of titles. More yeah. titles. So Atlantic champion. And you're right, he said a good point. I thought the Owen stuff was gonna be a, tr- a trophy. Now Adam Cole's mm-hmm. got this pretty looking pink belt. That, right. Uh, so. Oh, wait, wait till we talk about him. But just for I, I see Gregory in the chat. I'm not saying the title is gonna be a bad idea for whoever wins it. I'm saying it's not necessary to bring it out now for yeah. Forbindor when you could have been showcasing these guys in, in more important matches and then bring that title later mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So a lot of gold uh, in AEW world. Um and gentlemen, let's be honest. We all strive for gold in our life. Gold medals, gold watches. Gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with confidence. He does that McMahon swagger. He walks with confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. (laughs) Manscaped would like to introduce to you their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle, yet the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped, the leader of below-the-waist grooming, now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com, and you can get 20% off, plus get free shipping with that wonderful code WINC20. Manscaped's brand-new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount, get it, bulk discount on Manscaped's top products manscape platinum package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all treat yourself fellas father's day is coming up here come on they designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite elite products inside this package you will find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer ain't got nobody time for any of that nonsense going on there ultra premium body wash ultra premium two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner premium deodorant crop preserver anti-shaping ball deodorant crop reviver ball toner anti-shaping boxers Mm -hmm. and the awesome travel bag to hold your goods while on the move lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and hair trimmer feature propriety proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes no blade job here both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. I used all those products earlier today. What other podcast host is telling you what they're using in the shower? You're welcome. Full disclosure, (laughs) a little behind the scenes there, behind the shower curtain there. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Well, for me, it's my scalp, but you get the idea. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free Ultra Premium deodorant for that cologne-quality scent on the go. Thankfully, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve the problem for you. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. 
Manscaped even threw in the two free gifts with the Platinum Package 4.0. I love these. The boxers, I love them. So comfortable, feel good. They look good. And the travel bag, just use that as well as I just got back home to home base here. Love to travel with it. Bring your comfort and your boxers to another level. Platinum Package 4.0 cover all bases head to toe. The best bang for your shabang. WINC20 is the code to use. Nothing more to be said at this time. You couldn't add anything better. <laughs> I, I have something to add. I guarantee you that if you have average size balls or ginormous balls like the Miss, Manscaped will work for you. <laughs> when, you, when, you when Marie said average, oh my goodness. Anyways. I died. Yeah. <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> my husband oh. has average size balls. I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. <laughs> So there you go. So we thank Manscaped, of course, for their uh, wonderful sponsorship. Of you started this, talking uh, about gold, and you started talking about unzipping pins, and we were like, yes, we're going to talk about world, though. But you swerved me. You swerved me. <laughs> swerve, bro. Swerve. There swerve. you go. <laughs> Keep it in your pants for another few minutes, Arisa. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we talk about this new L Atlantic Championship, and we do get our first match here in the tournament. It is Pac mm-hmm. versus Buddy Matthews. Um, a match that, quite frankly, a lot of people were looking forward to. Obviously, we both know uh, there are WWE versions of themselves, both uh, very entertaining in-ring performers, both in completely different uh, looks. Now, Pack just the just that bastard Pack, and then you got Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews rather, who is part of uh, mm. uh, you know of Malachi Black and and and, and this entire um, House of Black uh, regime mm. here. So this is very entertaining. Ultimately, though, Pack is going to win. I was kind of surprised by that, but he's going to win yeah. with his big black arrow off the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Pack advances. Early look, uh, he's going to take on the winner of Ethan Page versus Miro. Early looking at this at this bracket, uh, what stands out at you to be all Atlantic champion? Ah, uh, I think I think uh, I'm I'm looking at Miro. I don't see Ethan Page getting past Miro, but Miro looks like the 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 one that stands out the most for me right now as the person to be the first all atlantic champion i'm gonna have to get used to that because you know having someone from australia and the all atlantic championship kind of throws me off a little bit uh, geographically let's put it that way but um yeah it's good let me put it this way again it's kind of like the old uh, kyle o'reilly thing there's some entertaining guys in this tournament but at the same time there's a few guys where you go there's no way that this person is advancing to the finals to or even if they do they're not winning the championship and that's the thing that's why i think miro is the guy who stands out about above everybody else right at this moment isa it's the redeemer right it's the redeemer as long as he doesn't find god first and decides to fight god instead of going into this tournament i i will hope to see miro um go on to become the first you know, to win this title. I will say, though, this match was a lot of fun. It was a great mm-hmm. match. I thought this was for the 0% body fat title, but <laughs> these guys looked incredible in there, and it's just so good to see this version of them. Very surprised by Pac beating um, Buddy here, but at the same time, Pac hasn't really done anything significant in a long time, while Buddy will still go back to House of Black, and, and they are being booked pretty strongly. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with this decision, but yeah, they I thought the match was incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah it was a very entertaining match. So again, people who are uh, checking out this podcast who look for us to tell them where to fast forward to, this is a very, you know, entertaining mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, to that point, Issa, it, it was, was the choice of who wins this Packer buddy was that just is it just wrestling one-on-one logic based upon who they have to take on because you know buddy certainly the more clear heel out of these two Ethan Page or Miro 
I guess both still technically heels, even though I cheer Miro and I think Miro's getting over with the fans with the with the promos now that he's back. And I still think that his wife's gonna be revealed as God, personally. <laughs> um, but I always wonder is it just a case of okay, well, if we have Buddy when it's gonna be awkward having him versus Ethan or Miro. That that was the only thing I could figure of, of how they got to this to the result that they did tonight. I see. I see what 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 your thinking was, but the way that I see Miro, it's like it doesn't matter who it is; he's gonna beat them, and that's just what you know what I see. I'm not even thinking heel or babyface. I'm thinking Miro's gonna just run through everybody. Yeah, and and for me, just to, to jump in here, it's not a matter of heel versus babyface, especially in AEW. There's too many shades of gray. It right now, where it, it you know traditionally you want to see the baby face beat the heel, whatever the case may be. There isn't that as much in in AEW, especially in these tournament things where the brackets kind of the way they align up. So uh, I don't think it mattered whether it was a heel or baby face that that's scheduled to face uh, Pack in the next uh, in the next uh, version of the tournament. It's just uh, it is what it is. Well, yeah, we'll see where they uh, we'll see how this develops. Uh, I think the plan, though, they are going to going to crown this new champion at the Forbidden Door show, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh, or pay per view rather. So one more. Is it in an Atlantic province, at least, uh, province or uh, state? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Nope. Yeah, it's in Chicago, right? Yeah, you're you're on a lake. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's your that's your coast. Okay, you're on a lake. Um. All right. Up next, with uh, they, they advertise this, we're going to hear from Trent Beretta. We're gonna hear from him, and it's 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 National Best Friends Day, apparently. Yeah, uh, but he's lonely; he doesn't have his best friends. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and he he's referencing the um, he's referencing a few weeks ago when uh, they were going uh, up against FTR. He and he and Rocky, and of course, then we saw Jeff Cobb and, and company come in, and it'd be a rare DQ. So he wants another shot at FTR. FTR comes out and says, "You know, Trent, really, your problem shouldn't be with us. It should be with the guys that caused issues here." All of a sudden, music hits. We know it's some representation from New Japan. But it is a surprise. It is Will Ospreay who takes the stage. Will Ospreay getting a reaction from those who know who he is. Uh, his first appearance on AEW programming. And then as he's distracting on the stage, here comes more of his United Empire members, and they attack mm -hmm. from behind. So, again, more reminder of this cross-promotion we have going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Jimmy, did, uh, did some a pocket of fans chanting, holy shit, a pocket of fans, this is a big deal, mm -hmm. too. Yep. We talked about in the past. There's another pocket of fans that probably turn into the person next to them going, who is that? Uh, how did this come off on TV for you, though? Uh, it looked okay. Again, for the diehard fan, for the audience that they already target their product to, they popped huge for this. They saw Will Ospreay and they said, this is awesome. And, you know, having the United Empire there as well. But the, there is that section of fans that are going, okay, is this guy a big deal? I may have heard the name. I may have read about him, but I haven't seen him. Is this guy any, you know what I mean? So I think that's one of the other things they fall back on too much is they tend to cater strictly to that hardcore diehard audience who have already bought into their product instead of trying to expand their audience and try to draw in some new viewers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Jimmy. I had that last week. I can't 
remember the top of my, of my head who was that showed up, but I had no idea who they were. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Osprey was. And I did think he had a great reaction from the crowd, which does help for those that are watching that might not be familiar with him. At least look him up because you can't help but to think, okay, this guy's a big deal. Everybody's, you know, excited to see him. Who is he? Let me, let me find out more. Um, so it, it did save the segment for me because at first I was confused. Trent is out there. You know, you don't have any best friends. Like, what is happening here? So I, I did think um, Osprey and the United Empire coming out saved the segment for me. But the problem is that there's no follow-up to this, right? And if you introduce this group last week by having them come out and, and you have Forbidden Door just a few weeks away, there should have been some kind of video package introducing us to these guys that ran out last week and next Wednesday or Friday, you should have a video package about why Osprey and the United Empire is such a big deal, but there is absolutely no follow-up. So you're like, okay, these people are a big deal, but you're going to forget who they are and they're going to show up again and you're going to go, oh wait, who were they again? They need to do a better job at introducing the other side of the Forbidden Door that we're you know, some of us don't watch New Japan. So you do need to kind of mm -hmm. like stop catering to the hardcores and also think of your casuals because if not, you're never going to grow your audience. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, you know, I, I, I always prefer when they give me video packages to give me background, give me context because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a visual snob. I don't watch New Japan on the regular and I'm a visual snob. I'm very much, I believe in the, in the airport, airport, you know, smell and sight test. I see mm -hmm. somebody walking through the airport. I don't give a damn if they still aren't doing, you know, collar and elbow tie up, uh, shoulder tackle drop down. If they're still not, I don't care. If I see them walk through the airport and they grab my attention, that mm -hmm. means something. So all I can all I can say, context here, it's gonna piss the new Japan fans off for or the hardcore. All I can say is that I know who Will Ospreay is. I've watched Will Ospreay matches, respected Will Ospreay. But I'm seeing mm -hmm. these other guys. All I can say is I've seen just a bunch of dudes wearing black sweats. Nobody's body's standing out to me. Nobody has a look that there's not one of them that's going to stand out right on a lineup to me. They all just look like maybe they robbed a seven 11. They all just are wearing black sweats. Mm -hmm. So like, that's my only thing visually. I'm like, why do I, who, why, what, give me the video package, prove me wrong. Tell me otherwise. That's a, uh, give me that. Yeah. yeah I and got... Again, I, I knew who Osprey was. I didn't know who the guys that showed up last week were, mm -hmm. and there was no continuation. So it's like, I've already forgotten about these guys who I wasn't familiar with. And there was no, sort of video package to remind you who showed up last week and this is why they're a big deal i mean I'm, i think it's fun to see all of these people kind of show into the sh into the show and, mm -hmm. and and start advertising it this way but yeah you need you need to do a little bit better to get people invested otherwise why am i gonna buy you know mm -hmm. forbidden door you're talking 50 dollars here <laughs> like you know right. people are gonna go you sold out the arena that's great for you but you still mm -hmm. need your pay-per-view buys and you know, there's going to be people, you're going to have mm -hmm. the people that might have bought double or nothing that are not going to buy for Bindor. Yeah. Right. Because you, 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 did, you, you have this pay-per-view happening in one of your hottest markets. And, and that was done by design because that Chicago audience is very much uh, a hotbed for diehard fans who are going to buy into this uh, whole new Japan versus uh, uh, AEW forbidden door pay-per-view. And again, you have to, you do want to make your hardcore diehard fans happy. You want to keep them happy, but you don't have to cater your entire show to them. Yeah. Uh, Gaming Sage Pro, uh, $2 from TK's booking of the Battle Royal is suspect. <laughs> Mad <laughs> sus. Mad <laughs> sus. So we <laughs> that. And uh, Gaming, uh, jumping back in here, he says, still think MJF stuff is a work. Yeah, fair to point out, there was not one mention of MJF by name. We're going to mm -hmm. get to Wardlow and stuff here in a moment. There was no mention of him there. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't even catch any visual sightings of him in video packages, clips, or anything else otherwise. So 
obviously we all know by now rosters been uh, names been removed from the roster been removed from the shop so mm-hmm. they're either committing to the work uh, or uh, there's more. It should be should be fair to note. MJF, who of course noted his promo, he does not watch New Japan and give a shit. So, um, I, I, I haven't got to talk to either. I didn't talk. I wasn't here last Wednesday. So Jimmy, you and I didn't get to talk. And Issa, you and I haven't spoken uh, a while. Uh, where is our latest temperature taken right now? Uh, if I ask you on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolutely absolutely sure, one being absolutely not sure, where are you? Issa, where are you on the scale? And it could be, are you absolutely sure it's a worker shoot or where are you at here? I'm not. I'm not anymore because I, I thought it was a work. I'm five. I'm in the middle. I thought it was a work. And then the CM Punk injury, I thought we'll have to speed up the storyline where we will see MJF in this battle royal. And they, maybe that is one of the reasons why another name that wasn't part of it that made people feel disappointed. Um, but now, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just, MJF is my favorite act in AEW. So I do suffer when he's not part of the show. It, you mm. do feel his absence. And it was felt tonight because you went from him being the best part of last week episode. We couldn't wait. I know you weren't here, Justin, but we couldn't wait to go live, the three of us, and just start talking mm-hmm. about how awesome that was. And tonight just felt very boring. It felt like you had a perfect first date and then they never called you back. Then you got ghosted. You know mm. what I mean? That's what tonight felt like. <laughs> Jimmy, it's been a lot of years since your first date, but did you feel ghosted tonight? Uh, a little bit, uh, yes. Uh, I, I thought uh, you did definitely feel the missing element of that show with MJF not appearing tonight at all or being mentioned or, or and all of that. And as far as where I stand on the scale of whether it's a work or a shoot, um, I was uh, last week I was a little bit more convinced that it was a, a work shoot, so to speak. Uh, but I'm still sitting at a seven. At being a work because uh, I, I think the best part about it is it keeps people guessing and and even people in the industry who haven't got and and, and uh, it seems like they're keeping a tight circle if this is a, if this is indeed a, wor- a work this is a tight circle of people who are in on it and that's the best way to be the fewer people that know about this the better and at this point I have to agree with Booker T who cares. Yeah. At this moment, whether it's a work or a shoot, it is working. It has got people talking. It has got people invested. And that's what you want. You want people to be invested in what's going on. And the fact that you're leaving him completely out of the video packages and not, not talking about him and just not referencing him at all and taking down his merchandise from their website and the whole bit just makes it feel that much more interesting and right. wanting to know what's going to happen next. And that's what you want people to go. Ooh. What's going to happen next? Yeah, and to the same point that I mentioned, if it is a work and only a few people are involved in it, I have to give respects to them not saying, screw this storyline, let's 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 just bring him in and win this battle royal because CM Punk mm-hmm. is injured. If they're committing to it, to having do a run-in later on, just, just to make, make mm-hmm. it more shocking, props to them, because you really could have pressed the panic button and dropped everything and just, you know, have him do something ridiculous just to make up for the CM Punk injury. Yeah, I, I mean, Jimmy, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of still at a seven. I, I, I tweeted my thoughts last Thursday. I wasn't on again last Wednesday. After I saw the promo, watched it a few times, I was kind of like, you know what? Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Nobody's truly going to know. I tend, you know, he got out there on TV with a live mic and got to talk for like nine minutes. That doesn't happen unless the boss wants it. So, like, that's there. But hey, maybe he, maybe he, Maybe the agreed upon line was here and maybe he went this far, went a little past the line. So a lot of who you don't know doesn't matter. Enjoy the performance. But I but to Issa's, <clears throat> Issa's point, 
there's all the reason here to call audible. I talked about a minute ago with the Atlant- all Atlantic championship. They they could have called an audible here had uh, Kyle O'Reilly win this battle royal goes to fight Moxley tonight. Him and Moxley are having this, uh, a, a, a hard hitting banger, and MJF could have just come out of the crowd, effed everything up, and somehow declared himself the winner. Uh, like, and that would have had all of us going, Holy shit, and going off the I mean, so like they could have done that, but they haven't up to this point. And so, if they are committed, they have some end in sight destination that they are going to hold firm to. Bravo on them that they're going to hold firm to whatever that brought in end destination is with this whole storyline, if mm-hmm. it's still a storyline, right? So, we'll see. Um, very interesting stuff is the uh, MJF, um, AEW saga that continues. Mm-hmm. All right, up next, we get David Finley, another New Japan name, up against Hangman Adam Page. Adam Cole is on commentary with his Owen Hart belt by his, uh, or over his shoulder, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get the win after the fact. Uh, you know, he even makes note he wasn't in the Battle Royal, so I guess he's not getting an, an, uh, an AW World title shot, but he says he wants to go after another title, and he calls out the IWGP World title, and he calls out Okada. And just as he does that, Adam Cole stands up, disputes that challenge, disputes that he's worthy of such. Uh, so we get, uh, you know, uh, some obvious commentary here of of who ranks where, right, Jimmy? Yeah, and you know what? The other thing that bothered me about this whole situation is by him saying that he's not after the, the AEW championship diminishes the championship that he held for so long and because, oh, I want to go after the AIWGP championship, and it makes that title feel more important than your own homegrown title. I don't know. It just it didn't sit well with me. It makes it look like he'd rather go after the uh, the other title. It makes it because it's more important to him. Oh, I already had that other one. You know what I love about like these panels and doing these shows is how different everybody looks at a segment because mm-hmm. I just realized Jimmy's point and I didn't even think about that aspect because I was too busy laughing at mm-hmm. Adam Cole trying to act like he's worthy when Adam Page beat him like three times. Like, what are you doing out here cutting this promo saying that Page is not worthy and you are when this man beat you clean? A bunch of times. I didn't think it made sense for Adam Cole to stand up. If Adam Cole is healthy and we're going to get a triple threat match, I'm here for it. I was actually excited to see Hangman Page call, call out Okada. But, you know, I, I guess I was fantasy booking different matches in my head. But the match that I was fantasy booking is probably not going to happen because he's injured. Yes, I'm talking Kenny Omega. But, <laughs> you know, it was it was fun to see him call call out um, Okada. I just didn't think that Adam Cole standing out and acting like he's more deserving why like what have you won i mean you won the tournament but you haven't really done anything significant and you lost your title shot so i just don't think he's up there as he thinks he is so now you got me thinking of the other aspect of it that i didn't think about which is he made the title but who wants an interim championship anyways i'm kind of with him on that Uh, well i mean and this kind of that kind of that's a great question he said that kind of segues into our next thing i mean like who wants an interim title do you want to be interim world champion knowing that at least gets you an inevitable date with destiny against the original champ in this case CM Punk or as Wardlow is going to tell us here uh interim schminterim uh Tony Schiavone brings out Wardlow Schiavone had hinted on commentary earlier he knows why Wardlow is not even in the battle royal I'm glad we at least got a follow-up and logical explanation out of the man himself who says CM Punk's a real champion, and I want to beat the real champion. Mm-hmm. So heal up, champ. I'll come after you once you're back. I don't care about being an interim champion and beating anybody else, which I, I thought that was just a very, again, for all the other things we can kind of poke holes in tonight of why wasn't this person in the Battle Royal, why wasn't this, 
Wardlow is your glaring up and coming star. <laughs> Why is he not out there? And at least he comes out and gives uh, gives reason later. But he does set his sights on another title, and that is the TNT title. He makes reference how that title uh, had some great names, uh, credibility behind it. Of course, the late Brody Lee. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, they departed uh, from AEW Cody Rhodes. Uh, but now it's been held by some questionable characters. He set mm-hmm. his sights on TNT title. Out comes Scorpio Sky, said holder of the title. He stopped by Ethan Page and Dan Lambert to tell him, not now, not now. You're not 100%. Uh, so, Issa, uh, they're kind of slow playing the Wardlow, but also, in a way, kind of giving this little Easter egg of he's going to challenge for the world title sooner than later with a guy who we know respects him, going back to the MJF storyline and CM Punk. This might have been some of the most complete long-term yes. storytelling just done in this very simple promo and oh by the way i'll get to what warlow's match is next week in a second but uh to the point of warlow's explanation of not going for the interim title and setting the sights on tnt title are you good with that oh 100 100 i was so happy i gave him credit i thought this was excellent because warlow was number one in the rankings as of last wednesday warlow got a win and so did moxley and they changed the way they did the rankings after friday's news came out with cm punk injuries and they went by overall which they had never done before i look at the rankings every week on my streams they always go per weekly so if it was per weekly warlow should have still been your number one contender you know your number one ranked but they changed the system that's fine i can i can suspend my disbelief here i like that they gave warlow an explanation because it made no sense for warlow to not be in this match so i was very happy warlow has it he has the airport factor the ladywood factor like he is it put a title on this guy already he's hot as soon as sterling showed up backstage with the stupid lawsuit i don't want that storyline to be part of whatever warlow's doing they need to drop it put the tnt title on him and let him go on because i agree with him i do think that title i love scorpio sky but since miro that title hasn't felt the same and i can see warlow has been that person that could really bring that title back to storyline i used to be more invested into that title storyline than anything else going on in the show and i want that back for this title so yeah i'm very happy with the explanation that they gave us and yeah I wor- now that mjf is not around warlow is my favorite <laughs> I, I can vouch i've walked through an airport with wardlow he has the he has the airport smell and, and visual sense and uh you have to fight but does he have off. the ladywood yeah. factor oh, I, I, just in love I, 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 I've, I've done my share of security i've done my share of middleman <laughs> uh, he, the big guy's busy right now he's trying to get a meal in just can we can we wait Right. Uh, uh, Jimmy, where are you at on this one? No, I'm okay with the explanation. Uh, my my big thing is I love the fact that they're trying to elevate the TNT championship. And sometimes it's that secondary championship, that workhorse championship. If we think back to the other guys, the, the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship, those titles have been uh, somewhat diminished in the WWE in the last little while. They need to be elevated. And maybe Wardlow is the guy who could elevate this championship to a point where, you know, when he eventually gets to the point where he does win the World Heavyweight Championship and, and whoever he defeats, whether it is CM Punk or whoever happens to be the champion at the time, he can relinquish that TNT championship because he is now the world champion instead of unifying titles and that kind of stuff. And then you can have another one of your tournaments to crown a new TNT championship because uh, tournaments seem to be the in thing lately. Yeah. Uh, so we do see next week. So we, we immediately jump to a promo backstage. Smart Mark has got a sea of security behind him and uh, talked about the legal documents that Wardlow's ripped up. And next week, uh, Wardlow, if he doesn't want to go to court, 
which Wardlow's not a court guy. Wardlow can go up against uh, the plaintiffs of the class action suit. So he's going to have 20 arena security guards up against him in an elimination match. So it sounds like they're just going to kind of run with what has gotten over, which is Wardlow just destroying people, uh, a.k.a. local local. Yeah, talent. I might apply. I might yeah. apply for a security guard job. Uh-huh. I bet you. Mm-hmm. All right. Here, here's one for you, Issa. <laughs> here's one for you. You got a triple threat. Oh, no, 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 got, don't do this. It's the forbidden door, right? <laughs> it swings every which way. You got a triple threat of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar versus Wardlow. Roman. You got a pick. Miss Elizabeth, you got a pick. It's Whose Roman. corner it's are Roman. you walking to? It's Roman. It's Roman. So quickly you say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Roman. Good. I mean, I, I have my. Dan, you're loyal. You're loyal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I named my dog Roman. You really think I can turn heel on him? I can't. <laughs> my dog will hate me. Oh, I believe. I believed you could. I thought. I had. I thought you had it in you. <laughs> Not yet. Don't rush it. Don't rush the turn yeah, yet. Yeah. 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 This is long-term booking, Lavar. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but to yeah. Warlo, to going back to the Warlow thing, I did love how he mentioned twice that he wanted to challenge these champions when they were a hundred percent. I respect that. It, it mm. makes him look so confident in his skills and capabilities when he said, hey, heal up CM Punk. And then he also told Scorpio Sky, no, I want you at 100%. I, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's the ultimate babyface thing, right, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it, it didn't work for other babyfaces to take advantage of a pin that we just saw recently at another pay-per-view. But uh, it, it, it's classic babyface stuff and it's working for Wardlow. This guy has got something that they uh, could still tap into as far as the babyface side. And you can compare him to other people. You can compare him to a Batista, whoever you want to. He's got something. And it's just a matter of how they package this something and and and, and how they run with it. All right, let's go to the He people. has it. Yes. He has it. <laughs> He's got the certain, mm-hmm. what the French say, je ne sais quoi. Yes. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> the, multi, multi, multilingual Justin Labar. Who knew? Well, I was waiting for Issa to bust out the Spanish. I figured. Es que él es un bebesote, ¿me entiende? Oh. Okay. We should, just, we should just get her to like just dub yeah. all of our commentary so for our speaking audience. There you go. Perfect. Raj, book it. All don't right, don't uh, ask me. Just don't ask me to do it in Greek because I I haven't spoken Greek so long. It's more like Gringlish. <laughs> Gringlish. I, I speak Spanglish actually for the record. I do. <laughs> uh, Gaming Sage Pro back with us $2. Says, Is this the beginning of the boys turning on TK? Uh, I'll throw it to you two as well, but I, I'll say this, Gaming. I, I think, and I've said this, I said this for a couple of years, mind you, which is eventually AEW will lose the new car smell, meaning mm-hmm. everybody was glowing about AEW that's there internally. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of reasons, that seemed legit. But eventually, contracts would expire not everybody can get re-signed and eventually you'll have somebody or somebody's who are disgruntled and want to mm-hmm. have their shoot interview want to prop some leverage up with the other companies so i don't think what and if you're referencing the mgf thing that that seems to be a really special situation of a guy who if he's not going to be the top talent for aw he will be at least an attempted top talent for the other for WWE down the road so he's a special situation as is but all in all i just think this is Tony Khan is just starting to have to deal with what wrestling promoters deal with, which is a locker room full of egos. Everybody wants to be better than the other one, which is healthy to a point, but sometimes it, it can, it can, it co-mingles and it, and it comes out a little, little stanky, right, Jimmy? 
Oh yeah, there's been this, some dissension in the back uh, over the years that I've witnessed. That I just—that's one of the good things about being a referee and 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 on the ring crew. You kind of crew, you kind of steer clear of that thing. But sometimes you can't help but witness some things happening, and you just like, you know what? I'm on an island unto myself. I'm going to stay over here and let the let the boys handle it kind of sort of thing and and it, it, it doesn't matter whether it's tony khan vince mcmahon um who wally carbo out in winnipeg it doesn't matter who the promoter is and who the boss is somebody is going to disagree with him and not like what he's doing and something and you are a businessman at the end of the day and have to deal with it in a business fashion you can't as much as you'd like to be friends with the people that work for you uh it can happen but at the same time you're still the boss and that kind of gets in the way. Jimmy, to that point, Easter, before I go to you, real quick, Jimmy, to that point, is that, like, obviously you, you, you were with WWE and Vince from the late 80s until, mm -hmm. uh, like, what, 07? Uh, 09. 09. Early 09, yeah. So, obviously the company got bigger over the time, but especially all the stories you hear about Vince from the, from the boys, mm -hmm. you hear a lot more of the guys from the 80s and maybe from the early 90s that'll talk about Vince going out with them, you know, going to the clubs, getting, mm -hmm. getting into some mischief and shenanigans. Yeah. But it really feels like, especially as they go on in the 90s, as the company's getting bigger and it's bigger money, bigger profile, that Vince all of a sudden is not that. Do you think that's on purpose? Do you think that Vince was willing to fraternize with the boys when it was still a little bit more of a regional, territorial mom and pop still? And he could, versus then he had to like separate from like, oh my God, like I can't be out there doing that with those guys. Like, do you think that's a thing or did you ever hang with, I mean, you, I, you do you think that's a thing? Uh, I never really hung with them, but I have been in situations where I was in the same uh, establishment with uh, him and the boys when they were uh, having their fun, let's so to speak. But uh, I think it they're, was they're, more they're, of a, they're, soda, they're soda pops. They're soda pops. Yes, soda pops. Um, but I think it was more of a conscious effort because as his business began to grow, he needed to be more of a businessman, so to speak. And, and I think he started saying, look. I'd love to go out and hang with the guys like I used to, but I've just got too much work to do. And Vince at the end of the day is a workaholic. He was, the schedule got so rough where we were on the road so much that uh, I think he just had to tone back the, the fun. And he realized that maybe I just can't be the buddy boss that everybody knew knows me as. And I just got to be more of a, especially when they went public. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, they, they became a publicly traded company. Uh, he had to become more a businessman. And I think that's that was more a conscious decision as opposed to uh, him saying, uh, oh, I'm getting older and I can't take it anymore. Because Vince yeah. could probably still outlast the boys in any club right now. Yeah, you're on, you're on Wall Street. You can't have the Wall Street Journal talking about uh, uh, head of head of WWE out, out there taking a finishing move at the strip club at, at yeah. closing time. Uh, and not, not only that, it, it was like, you know, I'll, well, I'll tell you a quick story. I, back in the day, I, uh, you remember the Federettes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, back in the day, there was an unwritten law. There was no fraternizing with the Federettes, you know, if you know what I mean. You know, it's a, but uh, after TV one night, we were back at the hotel bar and it was a dance bar. So they were playing some some dance music and stuff like that. And I happened to be up just dancing with some of the girls. It wasn't anything salacious about it. It was just you weren't married at the time. It's fine. No, but not only that, it was just mm. we were just having some fun and dancing and stuff like that. And Vince walks into the bar. And he comes in and he looks over and I get the dirty look. And I was like, uh oh, and he comes strutting over with the Vince walk. He goes, what do you think you're doing? I said, uh, 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 we're, we're just dancing. He goes, you're what? 
just dancing. He says, you call that dancing? <laughs> I said, what? He says, that's not dancing. This is dancing. And Vince just starts strutting his stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He, he had me there. I thought, okay, here we go. Pink slip. But nope. He had a little fun. So I just kind of backed off over to the bar and had a little soda pop. That's amazing. <laughs> Isa, uh, if you were on the dance floor with Vince and he comes up to you and he goes, you call that dancing. What's 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 your reply? What's your next move as the demon diva? <laughs> oh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't question my dancing. <laughs> He'll be go. impressed. <laughs> Isa, yeah. are the boys turning on TK or is this just you know? Business? I think um, I think Tony Tony Khan is learning how to take steps. Right, this company is only three years old. He had no experience as a promoter, according to what we know. Right, I, more people have power when he first came on board, and he has slowly taken over his role. He has slowly made his his role bigger. So I think we're starting to see Tony Khan just take ownership of his business, and maybe not everybody being happy with that decision. I I I don't see it as of turning. I think that all of these performers will figure out what's better for them the same way that that Cody Rose did. You know, so it's it's a matter like you see them switch back and forth. It's, it's it's normal in this kind of business for people to feel that they can go elsewhere and be valued better, and 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 the promoters have to deal with that. And that's part of not becoming friends, like what Jimmy had to say. It's like you know you become attached, and and you don't realize mm -hmm. that these people are there for a paycheck and and title runs. And if you're not providing that, they're gonna go where they can get it. And and he has to look at them that way too. So I don't think any promotion is ran perfectly, to be honest. So yeah. it's a part of the it's a part of the business. True. Uh Sega Genesis. Uh big super chat. Thank you, Sega Genesis. Weekend issues equal real. MJF tried to get fired. Khan wouldn't. MJF's plan B. Told Khan they could make it at work. Knowing all along he'd go into business for himself at the end of the promo in front of execs. It's Pillman. WCW. Mm -hmm. Uh it's quite the Quite well, the pitch that, there, Sega. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. And there's, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's right. Uh, it's, it's. This is the beauty of the whole situation. Nobody knows for sure, and that's what's great about it. Exactly. Especially, in today, I, especially like, in today's day. Sorry, Isa, especially yeah. in today's day and age, where the information is out there so readily, so often, it's not in this situation, which is awesome. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you can have uh, me say it's a work shoot, you say it's a, it's a shoot, and Justin say it's a work, and we would all have a valid point here. And that's what makes this so, we're still talking about it. And this started two Saturdays ago, and it is still the topic that we're all going to. So it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing, and it don't happen very often in this day and age because, you know, there's so many outlets out there, and we find everything out. So to, to, to be... To mess with our feelings like this is refreshing. It feels like the old days before social media when you never knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Well, and to that point, it's great that you have the, you, MJF's the perfect person to pull this off with because he he stays in character across like he never breaks. There's there's not like it's not like there's an MJF social media where he's you know putting people. I mean he he's 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 a complete MJF character uh, all the way mm -hmm. to. Meeting oh, and he, he was... never breaks. I saw yeah. NJF at an after party. He clearly had had a, a few drinks and he walked up to me. And this was after All Out, which was when, remember, he beat Jericho and then they restarted the match. Mm. So this is at like 2 a.m. after All Out. He's clearly had a few drinks and he walks up to me. And he's like, you know, I beat him clean. And I'm like, this guy really never breaks character. <laughs> like, why are you still talking about mm. this? It was. I was proud of that. I was like, I know he's been drinking and he's still walking around, like telling his story and staying in his storyline. 
more props to him. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I, I, I wish there was a little bit more of that. So, mm-hmm. all right, back to the program. Uh, so we get a little backstage, and uh, Christian being the, the advocate for his Jurassic, Jurassic mm-hmm. Express team, he kind of goats in the Hardys and Young Bucks to a uh, triple threat ladder match next week on what's turned out to be a pretty stacked dynamite as they build mm-hmm. the, the show next week. Uh, so Jimmy, you've been part of your ladder matches uh, that involve the Hardys. We're going to see the mm-hmm. Hardys first Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks in a ladder match next week. Any thoughts? Uh, this is going to be all out chaos. I can only imagine what's going to happen. Uh, you know, the Hardys uh, uh, have been in a few of these, to say the least. And so hopefully when they're putting this match together, and I don't want to get too inside baseball here, but when they're putting this match together, I hope they listen to the Hardys and listen to some of the, uh, instead of just trying to do spots for the sake of doing spots, have them mean something because when you look back at the at the ladder matches that uh, that the Hardys had with Edge and Christian and Jay's a part of this too so you know listen to him as well but matches with Edge and Christian and and Bubba and Devon and stuff like that they built to big spots as opposed to just going out there and doing big spots mm-hmm. and I could see that happening next week I I could see them taking their time and tell a great story in a chaotic match and I I, I am actually looking forward to to this match Indeed. So uh, one of the many things, of course, that, of course, Wardlow against 20 security guards. We got uh, Jericho versus Santana, I believe, hair versus hair. So next week's Dynamite really setting up to be uh, a uh, kind of premium feeling event. Uh, we get some women's action here. Thunder Rosa, your AW Women's Champion, up against Marina Shafir. Uh, you know, Thunder Rosa wins ultimately with a, uh, a roll up here. I, I, I don't know. The, uh, this was. Uh, 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 yeah, it was uh, not it. It was not it. No, no I, I don't. Again, I, to me, I felt like, uh, again, no offense to Marina Shafir, but she got a little more offense in there than I think she needed to get. I think this was a time for to shine your women's champion. This was the time for Thunder Rosa to establish herself and for her to not only get a lot of sell as much as she did, but to have to win with a roll up as opposed to her finish. Yeah, that hurt a lot, and then we needed the the aftermath afterwards again. Just uh, no, it, it was unnecessary, and I and the spot they were put in again was the right before main event spot, which seems to be the spot that they put the women in. Right, and and and, and, and to that point, to Issa, you know, like I like Thunder Rosa. I think that Thunder Rosa is good, and I also know that from I also know that Thunder Rosa and Cheap Plug, she's uh, now our co-host on Friday's Busted Open, which you can also hear me on Sirius XM, Channel 156. Thunder Rosa's a good person. She wants to kind of help get everybody over. And I kind of wonder, uh, like, Thunder, stand up and be a little more assertive. To Jimmy's point, maybe you should be winning with your finisher here. All right, if Marina's going to get some offense in, still, it needs to end this way. Like, and back to Issa with the rankings and the records and everything, you know, they made a note and commentary did, Issa, that Marina has the same singles win loss record as thunder going into this i think that's what they said and yeah it's and it's like well okay the, granted her win loss record has been against who and it's been where on dark mm-hmm. and dynamite like dark mm-hmm. and elevation like just because she's had the same record doesn't mean back to jimmy's point that she should get the same offensive mm-hmm. <laughs> she shouldn't get the same time on offense 
I no, they put they put the women at 9.30 every week. Every week. Oh, I'm sorry. They went on at 9.27 tonight. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Even my dog is, is, he can't believe it. But let's let's go back to what you said, this whole ranking system. I've been Tell around, him, Roman. Been, yeah, he's, I don't know why he's barking out, honestly. Maybe there's a ghost. But um, so he said, and, and, and Tony Khan tweeted that um, Antonio Gogo had the same record as Moxley but he wasn't ranked number one because he didn't have as good of opponents. So why is Marina then getting these matches? That's, that's what Tony Khan tweeted. So he said that Ogogo was 7-0, just like Moxley, but Moxley had better opponents. So what does that tell you to people getting wins yeah. on, on Dark and Elevation? Or what does that tell you how you treat the women if Marina has wins on Dark and Elevation that are good enough to face the world champion? But Ogogo is not where near this battle royal or this number one contendership having the same record as Moxley. Like it just goes to show you how they look at these women differently. And they mm -hmm. made Thunder Rosa cut the promo where she was like, I'm issuing an open challenge and it doesn't have to be top five because she knew nobody in the top five was going to, you know, answer mm -hmm. it. To me, it feels like you saw a story that came out last week by what culture in which Thunder Rosa expressed being unhappy by the way she was booked. And they were like, well, we got to put her on TV this week. Let's just make her happy. And this is not mm -hmm. how you make her happy. And you need to move on from that time spot and you need to give her that feel. Thunder Rosa hasn't had that feel, that, that, that significant feel that you go, oh, that's the moment where that when she was crowned when she graduated as champion and these one-on-one -on -one matches is it's not it's not doing it for her so no mm -hmm. the, she sold too much the, the match on the 930 spot is something that i would criticize until they stopped doing it and it, it just it wasn't it. It, it, yeah. it they gave them eight minutes and four of them were in commercials so mm -hmm. whatever the women need to start being treated better in awn and that's just something that i will repeat week after week no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more because when you look at a TV show, especially a two-hour TV show, the three most important segments in this TV show are the opening segment, the hour crossover segment, and, of course, the main event segment. Why not put the women – okay, the Battle Royal was supposed to be a big deal, blah, blah, blah. So why not put the women at the, at the 9 o'clock hour, the crossover segment, and make it feel like it's important? When you put them on right before the main event, it makes them feel less important. And and right. and, and it and it's an ongoing issue. Yep. It is. Yeah. And they had big, you know, they had big competition tonight against the NBA. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've saw some theories floated out there that maybe they kind of conceded and just kind of knew that yeah. we well, load up. What's your excuse the other weeks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about the last three years of weeks? Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. and fair. besides that, you lost your audience when you let Kyle O'Reilly win your battle royal. If you were trying to keep him from the NBA finals, you would have well, gone a different way. From well, right. you know, you want to challenge NBA finals again, going back to the fantasy booking here of, oh, it's a work. If MJF jumps the barricade and and, and, and takes uh, does a hostile takeover of your battle royal, mm -hmm. you have my attention, you know, so. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's no again, and I hate to say it. No offense to Kyle O'Reilly because he is a friend, uh, fellow Canadian. Yeah, it just again, I had I, it was tough for me to suspend my disbelief. Let's put it that way. He's Canadian. Mm -hmm. I know that. Where did I think he was from? He, I know he was based in Canada for a while. But whether he's yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. All right, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. Um, uh, Lee, four ninety nine. Uh, super chat. I'd rather watch. 
Oh boy. Oh, it's not this is, uh, their words, not mine. I'd rather watch a brawl and panties match than that women's match I saw tonight. Sorry, not sorry. I'm getting bored. At least the Divas because uh, were entertaining. Storyline oh. to these matches. You're just mm -hmm. putting yeah. matches out there at 9:30 p.m. Why should I? You know, there was a interview today, and I'm I'm queen of give the same energy to both companies. And there's an interview out there from Tony Storm speaking about how she lost her love for wrestling or why should she give a shit when WWE was not giving a shit. I feel that way about the women's division in AEW right now. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a matter of you have to give the same energy to, to both companies here. And I agree. I, I can mm -hmm. understand why people will not get invested in this. You announced it at the last minute. These women have not interacted at all. Mm -hmm. And they're just being thrown together for a 9.30 p.m. match. Yeah. Uh, Bernie DC, one of our live statisticians mm -hmm. for us. Uh, Kyle from Vancouver. Thank you. Bernie. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank um, you. and to the point of Tony Storm, uh, post match, Marina Shafir puts on a submission hold on Thunder Rosa. Uh, Gaga, Tony Storm comes out, makes a save, and kind of tease Tony of inevitably challenging Thunder Rosa for the title. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's there for you. All right, main event <clears throat> John Moxley versus Kyle Riley. Obviously, we've been teasing to it the whole time. Who's believing Moxley's gonna win? Moxley does win, but he has to earn it. Kyle mm -hmm. O'Reilly and him, hard hitting. I mean, blood is drawn here. Mm -hmm. uh, they even get into a little sequence towards the end where, dare I say, they try to even tease that Kyle is going to just pull one out. Um, so you know, credit to both guys for making the most of this, you know, 15-minute main event they're given. Ultimately, though, Paradigm Shift uh, mm -hmm. is hit by Moxley. He gets the win. I don't want to say that this elevates Kyle O'Reilly to a whole other level, but I at least will say they made them, they, again, as I said back the very early on of this podcast, Kyle O'Reilly earned his minutes and said, you know what, if you're going to give me this opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it right now. No, absolutely. Again, that old saying, I'm going to revert to Bubba slash Bully Ray, where he says, you can get over without going over. And Kyle O'Reilly did that to a certain degree tonight. Again, uh, he didn't go over, but he earned uh, a lot of respect from fans watching him in this match. It was a hell of a match. I thought they had a hell of a match. And the, and the one spot that really got me, I have to bring this up. There was a, there was there was a spot where where Mox had him in a hold, and O'Reilly gets to the ropes and he bites the middle yes. rope to hold it. Yes. And then John kicks the. Anybody who has ever been on those type of ropes, I know in WWE we used actual rope. That ring is cable, cable. which is surrounded by that hard rubber. And oh my god, I I cringed. I I I don't cringe a lot. I I cringe when people land on their heads and stuff like that. But that made me cringe really bad. So hats off to take for him to still having his teeth, I believe. Yeah, I was waiting for him to show up with no teeth right after that spot too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are all of his teeth there? <laughs> yeah. It was it was a very good spot, but. I um I personally think that to your point, I think this is more of a Moxley thing because I just see Moxley create and elevate so many guys like Willer Yuta. We saw him with Daniel Garcia. We see him go out there and put on these incredible matches with people that you might not be so invested in that I do think while Kyle O'Reilly was great tonight, it takes two to tango. And I think that Moxley is like, that's the reason why he's ranked number one overall. He's winning all of these matches, but at the same time, you walk out of them thinking, holy crap, but this other guy looked incredible against him. And that goes to show you too the work that Moxley is putting in to make sure that he not only get over, but his opponent as well. That being said, your number one ranked overall should not struggle to beat a guy that had to make it, to make it through 20 guys on the beginning of the show. 
So I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw that out there. I didn't think that Moxley needed to have this much of a hard time beating a guy that's all taped up and already tired from wrestling early on the show. So I didn't like that aspect of the match. Mm-hmm. That almost feels like that's like a Tony Khan thing of like, he's such a fan of wrestling. He's so passionate. But mm-hmm. Vince is passionate about wrestling too. We forget that. Mm-hmm. But like Tony's like kind of like, he admires having, oh, I have Kyle. Like I admire having, all, he's happy to have all these wrestlers. And it's like, he wants to give them all time to shine it's like you know sometimes you don't need to do that because people would have sympathized with if kyle o'reilly instead of having him backstage cutting promos he just comes out there limping because he made it through this brutal if you would have booked the battle royal the way you should have he just made it through this brutal battle royal so even if you don't have a technical masterpiece at the end of the Mm -hmm. show people are going to be like of course he beat him this guy's all beat up he just survived 20 other guys to make it here and you have the sympathetic baby face status, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle O'Reilly would have gotten over no matter what, where this doesn't make your number one ranked overall look so good because I don't think that Mox should have struggled to beat this guy. I'm sorry. I, not to, not to the degree he did, especially too. Uh, you had that, that segment earlier in that promo segment where, where William Regal was questioning him. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for, for, for John yeah. Moxley and stuff like that? You know, so, you know, easy to that point. It's like, and, and you know, it's 1129 East Coast time if you're listening live, if you're on the podcast, if you have any uh, younger children, maybe do the earmuff thing here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the earmuff thing or hit the mute. Like, TK, it's good that we love all of our assets that we have. It's good that you love and respect all the talent and wrestlers we have. But sometimes you just need a fucking squash match. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sometimes... Some people just don't need to get all that offense in. And we just get a squash And your them. squash matches every once in a while need to come from no names. Because <laughs> squash matches, but at the time I don't know who the other person is. So it's just like, okay, so Warlow just beat, uh, what was his name again? No, I would love to yeah. see them come out there and beat names that we do know. Yeah, I'm with you, Justin. Mm-hmm. WWE yeah. superstars on a Sunday morning was a beautiful thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get that joke, you got it. Yeah. If you don't, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Uh, some super chats, <laughs> CJ Hennessy, CJ. Uh, this is back at the very beginning. I told you, CJ, CJ had this like an hour ago. I told you we'd, we'd hold it off. Uh, he's uh, CJ says tonight's show sucked. Mox was predictable, but even teasing that Sid from uh, Toy Story could made up that for me. It was just <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, Toy Story movies. You know. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, yeah. pop me, okay. that pop me. Got yeah. got got Issa to pop, and that's there you go. we've all been trying to do that, and a very few of us succeed to get her to actually legit laugh like that. Uh, Allison Tuckwab, uh for WWE, Vince McMahon is lazy. He should just get just let his wrestlers take over their creativity and their promos. Allison, here's a problem with that, mm-hmm. real quick. Allison, I I get it. We all know that the, the, the talent that are in WWE that like that they're they're creative minds. They have things to offer, and they're not always being accepted and able to utilize that. But the, the counterpoint is not every talent can just be given a bullet point and told to go. Unfortunately, not all of them can. And then even those that could, that are not getting it, the devil's advocate is back to the business. It's a publicly traded company that's got bill, hundreds of millions, leveling into billions on the line mm-hmm. for uh, purposes of covering your ass. If you can say, I gave them X, Y, and Z and script to say, and if they don't say it and they end up saying something that gets you into court, gets you into losing sponsorships, I get the pr- the protection of due diligence of saying we told them to say this, they went rogue. That's like your ultimate protection. Jerry McDivitt's a very good lawyer. He'll very easily mm-hmm. spin that in. 
So, Allison, I get it. I'm with you. I want to go back to the days of Jake the Snake and, and Million Dollar Man and Roddy Piper when they would just cut their promos to the local town and they just did it. It's a, it's a different animal, so it's not as e- it's not as black and white today to do. Jimmy, it's not as black and white, right? No, not anymore. And it it's I, I still remember when when the change happened when they had to be more cautious about what they were saying in their promos and they had to be more careful. Uh, and yes, there was a creative team who were handing people promos and stuff like that. But it what didn't mean that the guys and gals didn't have some creative input as well. It's, it was like, okay, here's your promo for tonight. Here's what we want you to say. And, you know, they would read it over and say, hey, uh, you know, my character, I think, wouldn't say it this way. Would rather, could I, would it come off the same if I said it this way? And, you know, they had, they, they discussed it. It wasn't so much, no, it's got to be done this way. And here you go. And you read it word for word. Arr, you know, there's a comma after that word. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, uh, I think some people, uh, who have heard stories about saying, well, I didn't get to do it my way. Maybe your way wasn't the right way to do it. Maybe it was. Who knows? But at the same time, they didn't think it was. I always go back to two examples when it comes to this situation. And I talk about it a lot because everybody knows that I was not a big fan of Dean Ambrose. I always felt Dean Ambrose felt so forced. And this man comes to AEW, takes control of his creative. And I think that John Moxley is incredible. I love everything that he does. He feels Mm -hmm. real when he speaks. And I always felt he felt force and that's an example of somebody that maybe doesn't belong in the bullet point place it belongs in the go and do your thing he's taking over the stream i'm sorry yeah. he's cutting a promo cutting <laughs> yeah a promo. i don't know who he's coming after but somebody's gonna die tonight but at the same time if you hear um big slow she made a comment in one of her appearances about the women having no creative direction and how they could use a lot more of that in AEW. So mm-hmm. I do think there are people that need the bullet points that need somebody to help them with their creative and, and take a look at your character and what they want to accomplish for that, where there's people that could just go and be free. But I think there's a wrestler for each one of these companies and, mm-hmm. and, and they, a lot of them are where they belong. Yeah. You know, and Allison said uh, Vince being lazy and I got to give at least a credit to iron meds uh, with this yeah. response. Lazy billionaire? Question mark. That does not exist. If there's one thing Agreed. that Vince is not, lazy. it is lazy. Yeah. And if he was, if Vince and all of his business right now, he's awake right now. Mm-hmm. If he was on this, if he jumped in right now and heard somebody call, if he saw one super chat of somebody calling him lazy, I think he'd be very offended by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lazy is not that. No, he is definitely not that. Uh, from the moment he wakes up, if he goes to sleep at all, he's he's twenty four seven on the job. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, friends and foes, Jimmy, Issa, Roman, Roman. That was the show tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the super chats. Again, if you yes. uh, are watching live, we thank you very much across all the platforms. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Just tell one friend. Be like, yo, there's this podcast. There's this dude, Labar. He's crazy. He's whatever. He's name dropping. The, the Cordaris guy refed some crazy match. He refed Undertaker mm-hmm. matches at Mania. Then they got this chick, Issa. She's looking the part sassy as fuck. She's she's mm-hmm. talking the part sassy as you know, She's got the dog. She's all mm-hmm. there. Like, just like, share, comment, do what you I mean, comments really good. Share, like, all the things. Uh, Isa, what do you want to plug? 
Uh, I am on the route to 20,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So please search NYC Demon Diva on YouTube and go subscribe because we're going to have a party when we hit 20K. Awesome. All right. Jimmy? Well, as you know, I do my daily ref and rants, not on weekends, Chimmel. As you know, I take Fridays, I take Saturdays and Sundays off from the rants. It doesn't mean I take it off from watching wrestling. But anyways, uh, I do my and also I have ref and rant uh, t-shirts available at the prowrestlingtees.com. So if you want your ref and rant, and there's also a new shirt that is uh, called uh, ref and rant slash Canadian heat magnet, because people seem to get upset with sometimes with some of the stuff I tend to rant about. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. All right, buy and, the shirt. And what about you? You and yeah, and don't forget to to listen to Spar with Labar. Yes, Fridays. Spar with Labar. Yes. Fridays every Friday at uh, 10 a.m. live, or you can check it out on demand. Uh, mm -hmm. The start of hour two on the Sirius XM app, channel 156. Yeah, Bust Open Radio. Myself, Dave Lagreca, uh, Mark usually Henry. Much, yeah. Usually, usually Mark. Uh, Thunder Rose is in the mix now too, so she'll maybe she'll spar as well uh, Mark yeah, is, spar not to interrupt you but mark is one of my favorite people that oh i, I love mark mark is so awesome mark my, my favorite thing out of all this is is the random messages every now and again i get from mark from a text or something of just <laughs> his observations or or, mm -hmm. or commentary that he aims aims my direction yeah right. uh so if, uh, after tonight friday morning i'll be on on doing that back next monday for raw uh, again wrestling inc so much going on at wrestling inc it is just exploding behind the scenes and that is literal there's a lot going on a lot of growth which is exciting wrestling inc, round the clock with the news stories podcasts almost every night of the week uh obviously east is on the tuesdays it, it's just it's, it's everywhere so tons going on uh make sure again hit like hit subscribe 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 tell a friend leave a comment all that's great i always challenge you Tweet all of us at Justin LaBar, at Jimmy Corderas, at NYC Demon D1VA. Tell us how are you how are you doing this podcast? Are you listening to it live? Are you watching it? Are you on your way to work? Are you at work? Are you at school? Are you ignoring your boss? Are you ignoring your spouse? Are you doing yard work? What are you, are you in the car? What are you doing? I want to know how are you consuming us? That's fun to think about. It's fun. So please tell us. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Jimmy. Thanks to Issa. Thanks to Roman. Uh, all of you guys, we appreciate it. We'll be back next Wednesday night. Be good. Be safe. We're gone.